Thanks for joining us today on a special episode of the Jesus Famous Podcast with Pastor Nate Holdridge. Today we have a special guest in the studio sharing their story about how Jesus has changed their life. Join us as we discuss stories and discover how Jesus is famous in the testimonies of those around us. All right, everyone. Thanks for uh, joining us here at the Jesus Famous Podcast. And this is a special segment and episode that we get to host right now because I'm in the studio with my favorite person on the face of the planet, my wife, Christina. Hi, honey. Hi. Good to be here. Today, we want to talk with you a little bit about an uh, venture that we're heading into. I almost said adventure. And it's I, probably both. It, it will be. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> probably maybe more for you than yep, it is for me. Bit. Although I'm not counting my chickens before the hatch either. <laughs> I know it'll be an adventure for me. But a venture of faith that we're heading into this next year uh, with our growth nights that we're hosting on the first Sunday night of each year, or excuse me, of each month. Um, throughout 2022, so February through November, first Sunday night here at Calvary Monterey, and then in our online archive. And what we wanted to cover was um, Jesus Famous, which is our vision statement as a church, Jesus Famous Men and Jesus Famous Women. So I was curious, honey, like, you know, I, I can't remember when I first started talking to you about the possibility of yeah. doing this was it like October, November, something Feels like, like that? that? Probably yeah. about October. What were some of the first feelings that you had when I asked you, like, "Hey, you know, no pressure, pray about it." I'd just love to talk with you about possibility, the possibility of us team teaching a men's and women's study. I don't know if te- team teaching is the right way to describe it, but right, we're splitting you teaching up. the women, me teaching the men. Yeah. We're never gonna crossover you're not going to teach the guys I'm not going to teach the women but no um what was like some of the what were some of the first things you thought when I proposed that to you yeah um I was excited and scared at the same time mm-hmm. um I thought it was going to be it was a great idea and I think there's something really special and unique that can happen when women get taught on things about womanhood and by a woman and, and same for men. Um, so I think there's something really special. So I was kind of excited at the opportunity or even just the possibility that that kind of a teaching and that kind of a service was going to happen, but also a little intimidated and, and, um, scared at the responsibility to, um, deliver something meaningful to the women of Calvary. So yeah. 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 I think for me that there's like a little bit of, um, intimidation in just the, like the subject matter a little bit, you know, because like I, I wrote the no nonsense biblical man when I was, I I think 10 or 12 years ago, I think I was like 31 years old or something (laughs) like that. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like, and I just, you know, the way I've never written anything like that in that same way ever again. Well, Dear New Dad was a little bit similar, like the writing flow and style. I just wasn't writing very regularly back then. And so I just sat down like with a couple weeks before Christmas. Yeah, I remember. And I just like locked myself in my office and I'm like, I got something to say to guys and I just want to say it. But I wasn't really like all that uh, attuned to the cultural 
landmines and like the volatility yeah, of all this kind of stuff, you know, and I wasn't interacting with lots of like men and women that had been like, I've been scarred by biblical masculinity or right. biblical femininity, you know, or anything like that. And so now here we are, we're like coming into this, we're, you know, in our, I don't know if we're in our early forties or I say early. Still. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but like we're living in that kind of time. You know, and yeah, for so sure. for me, I have a little bit, do you have some of that too? That feeling of like, oh, you know, I want to, I want to be careful about how I speak and everything. Cause I don't want to step on toes unnecessarily. Like for I'm sure. fine with stepping on toes if it's like, this is the Bible, right? you know, but I've been kind of feeling a little bit that way. And it seems like, yeah, definitely. I think my feeling, my best phrase to give it is that I want to say, I don't want to overemphasize anything that the Bible doesn't overemphasize and I don't want to underemphasize anything that the Bible says. Yeah. So I don't want to, yeah, I just want to say everything that the Bible says without overemphasizing and underemphasizing. And both of those things can happen a lot when you get to the subject of gender and how, and roles and how that plays out in life. So yeah, yeah. there's just some sensitivities. What do you think are some of the, if I can ask you like some of the areas of sensitivity in with your subject matter, Jesus famous women, or are you not that far along? Yeah. Well, kind of like on a broad level, there's like the culture around church and all of the messages, which are so differing and sometimes competing that Mm. come to women about gender and, um, even men and then definitely about them. And there's, there's not just one message from the world around the church and outside of the church. And then, but there's a lot. And those are, those are, um, what the Bible says is sometimes opposing those ideas. And sometimes, I don't know, just sheds a more true, more right light on something that actually might be good Mm -hmm. that culture says, but is just kind of twisted or said in the wrong way, or again, overemphasized. Um, and then there's all, so again, just bigger picture. And then there's all the things that maybe church culture, like separate from scripture has put a pressure on or overemphasized or underemphasized. This is what a woman is, or this is what a woman isn't. And it's not actually biblical. It's just more like a cultural church, a cultural thing, or like one little idea about womanhood Uh, that is scriptural, but they've taken it and blown it up to be the whole uh, picture of what, like what defines being a woman. And so I think that there's a lot of that, um, that feels tricky to navigate and delicate to address. I think one of the things that I've been blessed by just having conversations with you in preparing for these teachings um, and kind of just, you know, batting about different ideas and all of that is you've said to me multiple times that a lot of the material that's out there that you've interacted with, they it's almost like there's not a lot that's being said for the single woman or a lot of the stuff that is said to women is framed continually in the context of a marriage relationship. Yeah. And I just love your heart. You're like, I'm talking to women, you know, and it might be that a woman is married, but not every application has to do with her relationship to her husband. Right. You know, and then I'm going to be talking to women who 
aren't married or who are divorced. They used to be married or they're widowed or, you know, lots of different um, contexts that you're talking into. And I just love that heart that you're not wanting to just talk to the, uh, I don't know if it's like the, what I don't think it's the prototypical church woman no. that these books are actually talking to. It's yeah. just, that's not really reality, but for some reason, I think some have like gotten that in their head. Like that's the ideal. That's the sure. pinnacle. That's the goal. And what we're seeing, of course, in scripture is, well, it's not for one, always the goal. It's not always reality. And there are other ways to live out your womanhood for Jesus yeah. than just in the context of marriage. Definitely. You don't become a woman when or if you get married. <laughs> your gender starts at birth and your womanhood, I mean, your, your f- femaleness starts at birth and is lived out your whole life, whether you're married or not. And so, and God made it very specifically and very uniquely and very beautifully. So what does that mean? It's definitely plays out in certain ways Mm -hmm. in the marriage relationship, but what does it mean for your whole life and in every stage of your life? So yeah, it's, that's really important to me because I think that's very biblical. (laughs) Like that can't not be biblical because so, um, it's really important to me to be able to express what it means to be a woman um, in within marriage, but outside of marriage. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So all that said, I think on the other hand, it's probably good for us to say in like preparing for this series. You know, as much as I, I think, like in a nutshell, what we're saying right now is we're just talking to people that are made in the image of God. So we want to help these people yeah. live out their life for. God's glory. We right. want Jesus famous people to exist. But we should say, I think that part of the reason why we're doing a Jesus famous men and a Jesus famous women series is because, uh, full disclosure, we are complementarian in our view of yeah, men definitely. and women as it pertains to the word and scripture. So we're not egalitarian. Nope. You and me feel that we are very different from each other, not just psychologically or biologically, but in the callings and the roles that God has designed for us to live. We're not hierarchical in the sense that I feel that I am better than you or that I'm in some twisted way in charge of you or something like that. Uh, In many ways, we might even operate in a very egalitarian kind of way from the outside looking in, you know, someone might come to that conclusion but I recently, I, I even had kind of a revelation recently because I said from the pulpit before, like, you know, whenever we're in the passages of scripture, which talk about like a wife submitting to her husband, you know, yeah. following his lead and all that kind of stuff. And I've said plenty of times from the pulpit, like I can count on one hand the number of times I've had to ask Christina, like, hey, just follow me on this one. And it almost can kind of sound like, you know, just every once in a while, Christina follows me. Right. And what I, what I kind of realized I was, I was reading, um, a a book on the subject. And what I realized was actually it's like in the water, it's like in the culture of our relationship, even though there are so many times where the ultimate decision that I'll make is I know it's what you want. I, I know it's where your heart is. I know it's something that you desire, but it's like, I'm 
the one that's kind of at the end of the day, it's like almost this unspoken thing of like, but Nate, are you cool with that? You know, yeah, and for sure. even just like going on a date, you know, it's like, where are we going to go eat? It's not it, as much as it's like, well, what do you want to eat? And what are you hungry for? It feels like very egalitarian, but at yeah. the end of the day, who I am and my role and all of that at the, at the final moment, it's like, okay, let's do that. You right. know? And it's, it's not like I'm playing this, like I'm going to make my decision, you know, kind no. of, I'm the leader of this relationship. But I think I've come to understand like our, this egalitarian or excuse me, complementarian view that we have, it really does uh, affect a, a lot of things about our relationship. And you just said to me this morning, some things about your support for me and what I'm doing you right. know, here at the church that were very meaningful to me. And so I, I know that that's your heart and your spirit too. So we kind of want to have like full disclosure. That is where we're coming from. You know, we'll, we'll kind of flesh that out. But I think for us, at least as we've been talking about it, it's like, I mean, I've read like a lot of pages you on have. this subject over time. And I don't think we're trying to come at this with like, here is the scholarly knife edge on biblical complementarianism. Like right. people have done that before. We're I'm looking not, at. I'm not able to do that. It's yeah, <laughs> not your jam. We're looking at Jesus famous men and women. So what for you, when you think of a Jesus famous woman, what are some of the things that pop up in your mind? I just think of, uh, when I think of Jesus famous women, the first thing that comes to my mind is just the, the women that are in the Bible, the characters and the stories that are told of their lives. Um, the ones that loved and followed God. And, and I guess in part the ones that didn't, but just the, the beautiful, um, story of their life and how we get these little glimpses of, Oh, okay. That's what it looks like to love and follow Jesus with our, our whole heart. That's what it looks like to have Jesus alive and famous and King of my own life. And then bleeding out into the way that I live my life and how that affects other people. Um, so that's probably the first thing that comes to my mind is these beautiful women in the word that we can look at and kind of sort of see Jesus famous, even in the old Testament, um, mm -hmm. God famous lived out. Um, but then I just, yeah, I just think it's a beautiful, wonderful thing to be able to embrace our gender and what it means, but then to, to just at the same time, like simultaneously just love and follow Jesus passionately mm -hmm. somehow all while embracing your gender and what, what it means. So, yeah, yeah, I think it's exciting. Yeah. So the idea of Jesus famous, uh, you know, I was reading, you know, I was reading uh, prodigal God by Tim Keller recently right. and near the end of that book, I felt like wow, that's, that's what he's describing. He is putting to words through his investigation of the parable of the prodigal son. He's putting to words like this relentless, some songs would even say reckless <laughs> love of God that is so um, moving that it causes a response. And to me, that's what I mean by Jesus famous. I want the love of God is found in the gospel to so slam a man's heart that he then spends the rest of his days responding to that. I'm a Jesus famous man. And yeah. I think for me, like I kind of get that in my head because 
you know, my, the book that I wrote for guys, the no nonsense biblical man, like if there's anything I could do differently, it would be the title of the book because I did start with the gospel in that book. And I explain like the spirit has to change you. It all begins with a love for Jesus. Like I was a Jesus famous person at that point when I wrote that book, but the no nonsense biblical man can almost sound like let's just investigate what the Bible says a man should look like. Mm. And we're just going to figure out how to do that. Mm. But what I want people to understand is we're talking about like, we're going to get into that, but it's got to be a response to the fame of Christ inside your heart. Like you're just like, he's the best. He's incredible. Yep. What he's done for me. So I know yeah. that you have that heart as well for the women. Big time. Yeah. Big time. So our outline, you know, we have 10 teachings and you and I, um, it's been a fun like experience, you know, not always easy, but you know, I'm used to studying and preparing just by myself. Yep. And so to be working with you on, Hey, what are our titles going to be? What are the big headings, you know, that we're going to, yeah. to uh, take to the men and women, but we've landed on a, an outline that is the same for both the men and the women. And the first one is number one, love God because he first loved us. Love God because he first loved us. So what are some of the thoughts that you're going to have or share about in that first teaching? I know you've been kind of preparing for that one already. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, that's, that's what we're going to talk about is, um, loving God in response to the way that God loved us and, what that, who God is and what he's done for us and how that just inspires a response. And we will probably be looking at the life of Mary and, um, the response that was in her life. And there's like sort of three little pictures of Mary's life and what a worshiper of Jesus she was, how much she loved him and what it kind of looked like in her life. So yeah, I'm excited to talk about it. Oh, that's beautiful. And I know you're going to, I think in that teaching, you're going to get into the, is it Mark 14? Uh, I think that's the reference. Or yeah. No, Mark Love 12, the Lord your God. Yeah. Yeah. Of the, the greatest commandment. Right. Yeah. Of yeah. loving God yeah. with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. That, yeah. I love that. I think that's beautiful for me. Uh, my text is going to come from Ephesians chapter one, where with Paul's prayer for the Ephesians that they would have an epiphany experience of who Jesus is. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to talk about uh, that and that that's what we're, we as Jesus famous men, first Jesus has to become famous to us. And this is part of that process. So I'm looking forward to getting into that. I'm not quite finished with that teaching or preparing that teaching as I know you're still working on that first one. But for us, this is like the engine room of the whole thing, right? That's it. I mean, what is the point of the Christian life if no, we yeah. lose this? Well, I, there's no way we're going to get up there and try and tell people like, um, this is what the Bible says. So just go do it. Like that's just, that's just death <laughs> Yeah. and, and religiosity and emptiness. And some people will be drawn to something like that because they want to be a good person and the Bible is their, their avenue for that. And other people will turn away from it, but we want to show them how good and wonderful and beautiful Jesus really is and why he's worth our, our, uh, our worship, our life. And yeah. Yeah. So that's the starting point of the series. And then the second message that we're going to give, at least 
uh, with our current outline, we could always change things. We could subject to change the whole deal. But the second one is that Jesus' famous men and women are being restored by Christ, are being restored by Christ. And I think for me, what I'm intending by that is, okay, you know, the fame of Christ comes into your life, but then what we're wanting in part of our response to him is for sanctification to begin to occur, for him to transform us. But I use the word restored because um, what I want to share with the men on that evening, and this will be in March, is I want to talk to them about how, you know, the first Adam came along and he kind of biffed on his calling. And we've been following his pattern ever since and we've had his nature ever since but the bible teaches that a second adam came jesus and that when we're converted when we give our lives to him we walk in his newness of life so the spirit right now is trying to recreate in us this beautiful new thing you know we're following not the first adam anymore but the second adam so we're trying to get our actual lives to reflect jesus more than Adam. And of course, on day one of our Christian lives, we still look a lot like Adam, but hopefully over time, we look a lot more like Jesus. So it's kind of a sanctification, like the goal to look like the one that we love message. How about for you? What are you kind of Just that, all that, just right there. (laughs) Yep. That's what it's going to be. Yeah. I I mean, along those lines for sure, but maybe in a colored in um, to a woman specific yeah. kind of tone. Yeah. yeah. You, I, I w- it'll be interesting to kind of d- dig into that with you because I don't necessarily like there's no new, t- like in, I have Romans five and you know, know. other passages yeah. that kind of talk about Adam and then, and Christ. And that is applicable to male and female right. now. Uh, whereas we don't have passages in the New Testament saying, you know, there was Eve and then God is, you know, like remaking you into like a better version of Eve, you know, right. or something like that. But I bet there will be some things about um, the brokenness that Eve experienced that you'll probably yeah, that's like a good way to say it, drawing for on sure. as well. For sure. And then after that, in April, we want to talk about walking with God all lifelong. So Jesus' famous men and women walk with God all lifelong. So this is, I think, probably here we want to get into like our, our just daily relationship with the Lord. And right. I know this is really important for you. It's a big part of who you are and your rhythm and routine. Yep. yep. Yeah. So again, it's just going to be, these truths are, are so sometimes so non-gender specific, you know, like we want men and women to walk with God all their lives long. And there's not some special way that women need to read the Bible. Women just need to read the Bible. There's not some special way that men pray that women don't pray men and women, they need to pray. And there's, um, great, you know, um, there's a lot of study that we can do on how to pray and all of that, but it's, it's not like specific to our, um, gender. And yet there's a lot of kind of, just application maybe that comes with things like reading our Bible or dealing with sin or um, our prayer lives that just can kind of look different for men and women. And so we'll get to talk about the big truth that would be the same 
whether it's male or female, but then those kind of like applications and, and examples, and even the women from the Bible that are great examples about certain things that will be, um, yeah, just about women. Yeah. So. so not these big gendered comments like, you know, men, they just like to write a sentence or two in their journal and women like to have a long diary. Right. With, no, you know, no, 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 no. Nothing like that. We're no. just saying like we, we're all walking with God, but there are uh, temptations that are probably more common to men and more common to women, although there still is plenty of crossover there's just different ways that we might relate to God. And then of course, different examples in scripture that we can hold to for sure. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Yeah. I think you and me, like our devotional life looks pretty similar. I mean, it's, I would say it's less male version and female version than Nate version and Christina version. Yeah. Definitely. So after talking about that, and I think in that teaching, we'll like really try to get into some nuts and bolts and some practical um, encouragements for just how to develop your personal walk with God. That'll be in April. And then in May, we're going to look at Jesus famous men and women um, receive Christ's design for their bodies, receive Christ's design for their bodies. And this one was interesting because... um, I think it was here when I worked on my kind of like titles for just like a men's study, I had embrace Christ's vision or, or receive Christ's design for sex. Right. And I just had that, you know, yeah. uh, said, you know, straightforwardly. But as we talked about it, you said, no, I think there's some nuance and some um, other categories that I'd like to get into with the women beyond just, hey, let's talk about sex tonight. You do want to talk about that, but there are some other, what are some of those other kind of things? Yeah. I mean, um, there is, I think that women have to deal a lot more with the, the, with how to navigate maybe how to be a good, no, not be a good steward, how to navigate, um, themselves and beauty. Mm -hmm. So what does that mean? What does that look like? I don't think that I think men have to be thoughtful about their outer appearance, but not nearly as much. They're not getting all the messages um, from culture and from church culture um, that women are. And it's just a truth. It's just a a thing for women, maybe more than men. Yeah. Um, Not that it can't be um, something that men think about or deal with. Um, So there's, there's beauty and wrestling with some of the bigger ideas about beauty and what scripture says there's, um, I don't know if we'll get into it or not in, in the, the body one, but there's definitely issues that are like Proverbs speak about. And I think other places in scripture, yes, other places in scripture that are about like women and their, their tongue. Um, and it's just straightforward. Like we just, that's part of your body. Yeah. That's part of your body. And it's not that men can't gossip and it's not that men can't be, um, negative or critical or a nag, but somehow scripture kind of highlights that with women, especially. So I'm not positive that we'll go into that on that night, but there's just some other issues with, you know, the body that, and then there's definitely sexuality. So 
Well, I'm imploring you to get into the tongue thing at some point. Yeah. Please. That would just do me a great favor. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a huge issue. Um, so for me on that night, you know, I'll get into male, uh, not unique, but centric kind of concepts along those lines. But we'll talk a lot about sex on yeah. that night. Yeah. And then uh, our fifth teaching in June, so getting into the summer, Jesus' famous men and women embrace Christ's vision for marriage. Embrace Christ's vision for marriage. Here's a question I have for you on this one. I know we haven't really talked a ton about what this particular teaching sure. will, will look like, but um, why would someone who's not married or doesn't have the hope of being married like that's not something that's like on the immediate radar or maybe they've made a decision or they just kind of know like that's, I don't think that's going to happen for me. Why would they want to go to that night? Cause I think someone who is married, it's clear, of course, you know, I want to get tuned up. I want to get the right perspective. I need help. But why would someone who's not married or not going to be married want to be there that night sure yeah well I mean there's like the common truths of like well you probably have married friends so knowing what God says about this key relationship in their life can be you know you can be a source of I don't know you can understand them you can be a source of wisdom those kinds of things you're gonna have you're gonna be relating to married people your whole life um there is the truth that like well we're part of the body of Christ. And so all of us have affect one another. And so sometimes just knowing what God says about marriage, um, just as a single person can contribute to the health of the whole body. But I was just reading something this morning that was talking about that it's important to study the Bible, both for the truth of the Bible, but also for the beauty of the truth in the Bible, not just to say that something is true, but to also recognize and call out the beauty of it. And in thinking about like a single person studying uh, what the Bible says about marriage, I think there's just something really um, that, that builds your faith when you just see the beauty of God's design. Even if it's not part of your life, you're seeing how good God's word is and how beautiful God's word is and how good God's design is and all of that in something that may not be a part of your life, but it stirs up your faith and your love and your worship for God the creator when you, when you see how good something he made is and, yeah. and how, how good something he, his design for something is. So yeah. just hearing about that, I think that helps you and causes you to love God and worship God even more. So, Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. That's so well said. I, I think for me, I would just add to that and you said it in a kind of way, but, um, the love component, you know, um, if, if, you know, if, if we were offering a course or even just one teaching like this marriage teaching is on, um, what it's like to live with a disability, you know, you'd have a percentage of the church population that, you know, is living that experience who could benefit from right. how the word applies to that portion of their lives. And for love, if someone didn't have that as their experience, 
it'd be great for them to hear that content, to be able to sympathize, minister to, care for yeah, someone that is unlike it. them in their yeah. daily experience. Well, with marriage, you've got a, a condition, so to speak, that is going to impact, you know, half the adults in the church. So you could, if you're not married, <laughs> go to this and it's like, man, you're going to get a great picture or perspective that will help you serve and love and minister to like half of the congregation. So that's pretty cool. So yeah, for sure. I think there's that benefit. And then, you know, just being competent to counsel and then, Hey, you never know someday God might surprise you as well. Right. All right. And then after that in July, we're going to get into, we, we said Jesus famous men and women serve their homes for Christ, serve their homes for Christ. So what are some of the th themes that might come uh, there? That, that probably of all the titles, that one sounds the most um, like old school church, you know, like <laughs> if it was just a, if it was just like a women's study, you know, right. just like what do women do? They serve their homes for <laughs> Christ, homes, but there's yeah. obviously truth there. And I think for me, I want to be in Ephesians six and similar passages there. I want to talk to fathers in that passage or in that teaching um, I want to, you know, speak to them about raising children and how to raise their children for the Lord and um, the kinds of discipline they should be giving, how to instruct their kids in the word. So for me, it's very father oriented. Sure. Um, and a lot of the same things that we just said about marriage uh, would apply to yeah. this past, yeah. this yeah. teaching as well. You know, there might be some folks who say, well, I'm not a dad or I'm not even close to being on my way to being a dad. Uh, but this is, you know, it's the word and especially what you said about the beauty of the word, like appreciating it, I think is important. But what are some of the themes you think you might touch on that? Uh... Yeah, I love, I love that verse in um, Proverbs. I can't think of the, the full verse, but the verse that says a wise woman builds her home. Mm -hmm. And then it's something about a foolish woman tears it down. Um, but um I think that can be true for both married and single women. There's something about building a home and, and you know, that can be the beauty that, you know, decorating and all that kind of stuff, but that's not really at the heart of it, although that can be a part of it. But I think there's just, um, a great calling to, uh, build your home. So for sure, we're going to talk about motherhood and, and marriage will have an impact on that too. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but also just being a woman who is building up and, and how her home can be used to build up um, the people in her life. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. It's so good. It kind of reminds me why we chose that word. We're not, we didn't yeah. say builds their house for Christ. I think a lot of times that becomes the focus, you know, like I'm getting everything just right. I've right. created a little oasis and a paradise, or like I like to say sometimes, the hobbit hole right. that I go into, and that's where I'm safe, and my family is safe. Uh, but we're talking about a home that is for Jesus. Like, I think our home can be a mission center. You know, it yeah. can be a place of equipping, whether we're married with children or not. Yep. Our, our domicile, our living place can be a space that God is doing ministry, where people are being healed, where fellowship is happening. So 
uh, that's part of what we're wanting, like designing a Jesus famous home, so yeah. to speak. Yeah. And that's then, a fancy word you just used, domicile. I don't even know if I Domicile? You like that one? <laughs> what is that, Greek? <laughs> it's actually one of my uh, one of my favorite bands, Helios. Okay. They came out with an album during the pandemic called Domicile. Okay. Because it's just your house, your okay. home. What what language is it? English. <laughs> it's just a fancy English word? I mean Latin? I'm, is it Latin? I'm not saying it's wow. fancy, and I don't know the origin of the yeah. word. Yeah. Okay. Good job. Domicile. Cool yeah. I think we're going <laughs> to leave this in the show. Yeah. The guys like this. All right. And then uh, we're rounding out to the last few teachings. So number seven in August, Jesus Famous Men and Women Foster a Gospel-Oriented Community. Yes. So we talked about that a little bit. Uh, with the home, but yeah, I'm excited about this one. Um, because I think that as women, not specific to women, but as women, um, we have this like amazing opportunity to, um, encourage each other, build one another up, stir each other on, press each other on. Um, but there's something that also happens in women relationships that gets, that's just very true, um, where women get, oh, competitive and catty and gossipy and they tear each other down. And um, whether it's like really outwardly and verbally or a struggle in the heart or, you know, some women against other women. And I just think that there's this beautiful potential and we'll be, kind of talking a little bit about it in the women's gatherings that are going to happen <laughs> three times in a year, uh, this year. But, um, there's just this beautiful potential for women to be a resource for one another. Um, whether it's like a really intimate friendship or just like, like pushing each other on and, and encouraging one another and helping one another. And so gospel oriented community, I do want to encourage women in their friendships, but I think there's something that's um, more widespread than a close friend that can happen in women friendships or relationships where they're really um, encouraging each other yeah. in their life and faith. Yeah. So I, I'm really looking forward to talking about this one because I, for men, I think, uh, I mean, I, I don't know if I'm going to be prepared to say it this way once we get around to these teachings and yeah. you and me are talking about it, but it feels to me at times like women are relational creatures are just more sure. comfortable in the relational zone and dynamic. And a lot of men operate as soloists or they just don't know how to take the step to cultivate good friendships. And, um, a lot of times will base their friendships, uh, not around the gospel, but around other things. And I think both of us, you and me, we have a really big heart to see, um, gospel oriented relationships take place where that gospel preeminency is the big driver of right. the relationship. And I think over the last few years, what I've noticed is that there will be gospel people who, what they have are conservative political oriented relationships. Sure. And what I'm hoping for, I mean, and obviously there are some biblical concepts that would inform even, you know, uh, politically conservative worldview and things like that. And, uh, 
I'm not trying to get myself in hot water here, or, <laughs> you know, in trouble uh, with anybody, but uh, I'm a pretty conservative guy myself, you know, but for me, uh, I love it when um, the gospel enables me to have friendship or fellowship with someone who doesn't share the same view as I do on matters that are, you know, debated within sure. society and culture. And I'm not trying to say that like, yeah, you know, Hey, as a Christian, you can either believe that abortion is cool or not. not you know, I think that things like that are so black and white and clear in scripture, but it grieves me when someone is a gospel believer but they won't have fellowship with someone who through tons of information that's out there comes to the conclusion that a mask is helpful for COVID, <laughs> you know, sure. and, and, and then vice versa, you know? Right. And so for me, I, I want the gospel to be the preeminent thing. And it does grieve me a little bit when our community becomes um, segmented into, you know, I mean, some of that's unavoidable. I like people who like, you know, Formula One racing, you know, like I yeah. like, you know, we, yeah. we have good conversations, you know, around that kind of subject and topic. But um, I just would love if there's like a home group or Bible study or something like that, someone comes in and they feel a little differently than you about something that has been like blown up and debated and, you know, clickbaited in our modern time but it's not necessarily like the Bible says you have to view it this way or that way. I'd love for those people to feel comfortable. Yeah. And I think in a lot of our kind of low key environments and communities, it's like they wouldn't feel comfortable. Yeah. So I think a gospel oriented community uh, is really important. So hopefully I didn't get myself in too much trouble with people just now, but <laughs> I love you guys. All right. And then number eight, you know, Jesus famous men and women work and live daily with a sense of calling, work and live daily with a sense of calling. And for me, this is going to come as a real outflow of a series I'm going to do after Easter uh, on Sundays on the theology of work. I think career and calling and work is really important. This is a major area of our lives where we're sanctified and we grow, you know, yeah. we're being shaped. And I think sometimes we just kind of check that at the door. We're just like, you know, I'm a Christian. Cause I go to church on Sunday, like it, my Christianity affects like my Sunday experience or my devotional life or my home life, but it doesn't affect my work. And I think that our work is one of the most beautiful places to live out our mm -hmm. faith and our Christianity, not just as like a, Hey, John is starting a Bible study at lunchtime in the break room. It can be that, but just the quality of our work, the sense of calling and dignity that we bring to our work. So I'm really looking forward to talking about that everyday kind of sense of calling from God uh, there in September. Do you have any thoughts that you're kind of cooking that are cooking um, with you? Yeah, I think I did. I don't know if I can speak to them too much. The, I think the main thing I could say is that whether a woman is career oriented or not, whether they're working inside the home or outside the home, I think that there's a lot to be said for how we work. Mm -hmm. um, so a little bit like what you're saying, but um, yeah. So I, I, I'll be excited to talk about the how of, of um, our work and then, and then um, yeah, the calling of work. So yeah. cool. Uh, that'll be a, I, I think a neat one for you to sink your teeth into from a female perspective. I for think sure. A lot of a lot of people can find their identity in their work, 
but a woman could be prone to, as a mother, perhaps find her identity in that work. Yeah. I think probably more easily or readily than a man would find his identity in being a father. You know, uh, a man will find his identity a lot of times in his career. So I just want to talk about that in a nuanced way and help the men and the women. And then number nine, uh, in October, Jesus' famous men and women manage their resources well. So this is kind of us talking about money, but probably also yeah. things like time, the resources that we have at our disposal. And yeah. this is a big one. Yeah. And there's things that, um, there are things that uh, can be real, uh, um, I don't know that we can talk about as women in a, in a room with a bunch of women that they will, that everyone will relate to, to some degree or another, not that every woman is the same by any means, but that, that when it comes to your time or your money or your stuff, um, I just think that there's ways that that looks and fleshes out for women that, um, we'll be able to get into, um, you know, but the truth is the truth and it's above all of that, but, but there's just ways that we can apply it. Yeah. I I just love that you're going to be getting into that with, with some of the women in our church, because I've always tried to, I, it always bugs me like the, the hyper gendered kind of comments that pastors will make. And I know even for myself, like it's just unavoidable at times, you know, but like the, you know, like, well, you know, women, they all love to shop, you know? Oh yeah. That is not what I'm talking about. I know some dudes that love to shop way more, you know, than their wives do. Uh, So I'm happy that you're going to kind of put your mind on that and break it apart for uh, the women in the church. That's cool. And uh, for me, you know, I, obviously money is, uh, is a major area where heaven touches earth. So I want to help men catch a vision for what, what does it look like as a Jesus famous man for me to handle my finances and uh, looking at stewardship, what money is in the first place. Uh, this for me has actually been an area that I've changed my mind over the years. I used to think of money exclusively as a neutral thing. So mm. it was either good if it, it was, it's good if it's in the hands of someone good, it's evil if it's in the hands of someone evil. And there's an element of truth to that. But I've come to realize that actually money is a good thing because it's what it's part of uh, humanity's obedience to God to fill the earth and subdue it. Mm-hmm. So we created a monetary system or monetary systems to where now uh, you and me, we don't live on a farm. We don't have to grow our own food. We've created a system where I can do one thing and specialize in that and pay someone else who is specialized in growing broccoli and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Sure. So um, anyways, well, I digress, but I'm looking forward to talking about the financial thing with Jesus Famous Men and Women manage their resources well. And then lastly, in November of, ne- of um, the fall, Jesus Famous Men and Women give themselves as a spiritual sacrifice. So this will be kind of like our final plea, I right. think. Like, hey, yeah. everything that we've just said, like, put yourself on the altar. Die and let this stuff happen yeah. in you. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Those are some of my favorite verses in the Bible. Uh, if you, if people really have a life verse... Um, the verses that line up with that, those are, those are some of my life verses. So that's why you married me. I really, uh, yeah, it was a spiritual sacrifice, losing my life life to find it. (laughs) Okay. Jesus. I I will believe that. No, (laughs) 
not true, but yeah. Well, hon, I'm really excited about this, uh, this study, you know, going into it, it is, um, a stretch, you know, for us, we have a, you know, we're in a sense like working together. That's like a new wrinkle or challenge. Yeah. Not that we haven't like worked together before, like within the home or even in ministry parents, as, <laughs> as parents. Um, but this is like a new wrinkle of that, um, for you, you know, this is kind of the first like regular, regularly scheduled teaching series that you're doing. Yeah. And it's my like, I don't know, five hundredths or something like that. So I'm praying for you because I, if I were in your shoes, I would maybe feel a little bit like, man, this kind of isn't fair. Like Nate's done like thousands of these and <laughs> you know, I'm still kind of learning how to do this, but you're an incredible teacher. And I think the women are really blessed to be able to have you sharing with them. And it's not just that you're a good teacher, like you know how to put things together, but who you are and your perspective and who you are as a woman. I think you are a Jesus famous woman. So I'm so stoked that you're going to share with everybody, Thanks. but it's like this whole year, it's going to be crazy because we're starting out in February and you know, then by the time this 10 week or 10 month study is over with, like we're going to have a daughter that's probably like overseas studying or you I know. Know, like sending her off to college. And, yeah. A lot will you know, happen. We'll have a lot of then. like change and transformation and stuff in our own lives. And there'll be some really fun weeks. Like it looks like, um, the one in March, um, we'll be getting fresh off the plane from Israel <laughs> together. Know, you know, so we'll be like jet lagged, like crazy, but we wanted to keep that first Sunday of the month just to help yeah. everybody have that rhythm. Um, and then, in August, we'll be like fresh off the beach in yeah. Tahoe. <laughs> so we'll be all tan and lazy. Yep. Um, so Uh-oh, what's the topic then? Yeah. Yeah. It'll <laughs> just be a, an, an interesting time to kind of like live life together as we're, we're going through this. So thanks for doing it with me. Do you have any yeah. last words for just inviting people, you know, and like what, what you're hoping that they get out of this time? Uh, I don't know. Come on out. <laughs> um, I think sometimes, I guess my last words are that uh, sometimes you should just commit to doing something without um, understanding or knowing for sure what the Lord's going to do in you or for you, but just commit to it because you know that this is an opportunity to learn, an opportunity to grow, maybe even an opportunity to connect with some other people, but but not, maybe you're not thinking, you know, you're, maybe you're not out there thinking like, oh, I really need my, um, I need to get solid in what it means to be a woman. Maybe you're not in that space, but so you're thinking like, man, this isn't really for me, but I kind of think these kinds of opportunities where the Lord led the leadership of the church and then put it on your heart as the lead pastor of Calvary, like, to do this, it's like, well, then that to me is like, what could the Lord do with this? Even if I don't see a screaming need in my own life to be more solid in my gender, you know, um, just trusting that. I think that because God has led our church and because God has led Nate to initiate this teaching, these teachings, like, I think there could be something there for me. I think, and, and it never hurts to be in the word. And if you're a woman, you're a woman. So there's just always room to grow and find out more about what that means. So yeah, that's yeah. cool. And I think it just fits great with like the 
concept of having like a, a manageable Christian life experience and expectation. You know, we're not talking about like a weekly thing for a whole year. Right. Yeah. Talking about something that's once a month. I think that fits into the rhythm of a lot of people's lives. You know, last night we're recording this on a Monday and last night was Sunday night for us at our house and I didn't have anything going on that night. Sometimes I'll have meetings or, you know, things like that. And it was just nice, you know, it was nice not to have anything scheduled oh, right. yeah. and I kind of, we cleaned the house a little bit and we, sure. I kind of got my calendar set for the week and then we just made a big bowl of popcorn and we watched some Netflix together and it was right. just kind of a little bit of an exhale cause we had a real busy week and everything. We've got a busy season coming up, but, um, so I know that when those Sunday nights come, th- there will be a price to pay for yeah. those who come and be part and are part of it. But I think it's a manageable kind of thing. You know, that monthly rhythm rather than every single week, just once a month, 10 nights out of a whole calendar year. I think it's a great little add to a person's like life group thing and Sunday morning. Yeah. And I'm just really thankful. I know that you are too for the staff and the people that are helping put all of this on, you know, yeah, Pastor Joshua sure. Shively has been huge and just taking the gifts that he has administratively and kind of laying out like just the, the night just being a fun night for everybody and freeing you and me up to just focus on the word and what will be spoken. Yeah. And then, um, Pastor Matt and the uh, Kaler and the kids ministry doing like an, a, a, a an adapted Awana program on Sunday nights. I think that's a cool venture of faith that they're taking for the kids. So I'm just blessed by everybody that's, you know, working hard to support us in doing this thing. So yeah, I'd say the same thing to people listening. Come on out. We're going to have a great time together. Let's get into the word and, and just continue to be shaped by this book and this glorious gospel message. We pray that today's discussion has blessed you. If you enjoyed today's episode, please like, subscribe, and share so we can continue to reach people and make Jesus famous in our lives and the lives around us. Until next time, God bless.